You're listening to River City Revival. This is Reverend Liz Jackson. Today's sermon is True Word of Yah, Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. The third seal is open. World Economic Crisis. As always, in the description box of this podcast, you will find a link to the Lion's Tears Ministry where you can read this information for yourself. Brothers and sisters, the third seal of Revelation is open. As always, we will be using our lexicon and dictionaries to understand what is being shown to us in Revelation. Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 through 6 state, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he sat on him that had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now the first word we are going to look at in these verses is black. Black is Greek word G3189, and it means black. However, the biblical outline of usage is highly important here, as it means black or black ink. This horse is not only black in color, but means black ink. Black ink is required for signatures on passports in the United States, for job applications when specified, and is recommended for all legal documents. Black ink is preferred in businesses, in high school and college exams, as well as voting. So this horse is signifying all roles in life when it comes to legality, education, trade, and business transactions, as we will learn more in the next words we examine. And this is important to understand because the policies of the world are changing and changing faster than what an individual person is able to keep up with. Because I know here, at least in the United States, the new president is signing X amount of executive orders every day. And last time I checked, brothers and sisters, we're a democracy, not a dictatorship. And I know I watched the news this morning and some of the states are starting to push back because some of these executive orders, whether or not you liked the prior president, is cutting jobs and taking away infrastructure. And we're still in a pandemic and people are struggling the way it is now. So again, all politics and, you know, whatever, all politics should be null and void. When it comes to helping the people of the world, politics should not play a role in how that is done. It should just get done. 
people should not be cutting jobs when there aren't any right now anyway, because most of, at least in the United States, are on a hiring freeze because so much is still shut down. So the next word we're going to look at is pair of balances. And this is Greek word G2218, and it means a law or obligation, servitude. It is the word yoke, and yoke does have a couple different meanings. Um, the biblical outline of usage of G2218 pertaining to yoke, again, um, it can be used as a metaphor of any burden or bondage, and it is a term used as that of slavery, but it's also of troublesome laws imposed on one, um, especially of the Mosaic law, hence the name, is so transferred to the commands of Christ as to contrast them with the commands of the Pharisees, which were a variable yoke, yet even Christ commands must be submitted to, though easier to be kept. So again, it is in regard to law, whether good or bad. If you are of Abba Yah, the Lord God Almighty, and you are working on his morals, values, and ethics, and you are trying to understand his moral laws that have not been done away with, just like Leviticus 19, not everything has been done away with because it talks about commerce laws in Leviticus 19. It says that we should not have usury, which is charging people high interest rates, and nobody should be taking interest from us. We should pay fair wages and not hold the wages to the next day, but give the person the money that is due. And we should leave food for the poor. And that is what Leviticus 19 is talking about. Those are things we can implement. Those are things that should be implemented. But they are not because of greed, hate, and envy. And until Abba Yah rids all of that, we will never have equality. And people will always go hungry. And people will become homeless. And things will not be equal. So back to the word yoke. The term yoke means any burden or bondage. It refers to balance and a pair of scales as well. Merriam-Webster defines yoke to mean several different things, but for the context of this definition, we apply the term an oppressive agency, or again, servitude, bondage, tie, or link. Synonyms for yoke are as follows, bondage, enslavement, servility, servitude, slavery, thrall, thraldom. Um, in the verb form, it means chain, cantonate, con concanate, conjugate, connect, couple, hitch, hook. But the definition that Abba Yah told me to pull was the Cambridge definition defining servility as the quality of being servile, which means too eager to serve and please someone else. 
So again, when it comes to this horse and this seal, we need to start examining our governments and asking them if this government that we have in our countries, if it's serving us or not. I know, at least here in the United States, we elect people into positions. We, the taxpayers, pay their salary. And these people in government are supposed to work for us and not businesses or special interest groups or corporations. And during this pandemic, we have seen many governments fail to uphold the goods and needs of all citizens because they worry about the image they are portraying to the giants such as big tech and big pharma and so on of this world that people are starving and living in the street. And there is no longer a balance. Now, there hasn't been a balance because everybody has not been in the true word of Abba Yah and following him. But the scales are tipped even further and not in a positive direction. The next term we need to learn is hand. And hand is G5495 and it's going to enlighten you even more. And it means um, perhaps the base in the sense of its conjure, the base of G5490 through grasping the hand, literal or physical or figurative power, um, a means or instrument. So the biblical outline of usage again is help or um, by the help of agency of anyone, by means of anyone. It's figuratively applied to God symbolizing his mighty active power in creating the universe and upholding and preserving and punishing and in determining and controlling the destinies of men. So again, the first biblical outline of usage outlines hand as by the help or agency of anyone by any of or by means of anyone. So Again, we have to keep our mind open, our eyes aware of who is actually helping in this pandemic and who is not. And as the body of Abba Yah, it is up to us to help each other because there are so many people getting left behind and the governments are not helping them. And brothers and sisters, if you think this is going away, I'm sad to tell you I'm not sad because this means that Abba Yah is coming back. So I'm really happy to tell you it's not. But you just need to be prepared. And you need to keep your full armor of the Lord God Almighty on at all times and be aware and ready and act like he's coming in this very second. Because you never know when he is going to appear. And yes, there are still some things that have to take place. And we're going to cover that more in Revelation and how the rest of the Bible correlates and tells us what is going to happen. But again, right now, the third seal is open and it pertains to our laws that these governments are passing now. So again, this horse is talking about the lack of aid given to us by our governments because this horse doesn't usher in anything good. This horse is taking away 
our rights and away our security and taking and putting new procedures in place that they call good, but really it's not good for anybody. So again, the source is talking about the lack of aid given to us by our governments, the lack by us helping each other because there's so many people that are not helping each other out, especially the wealthy. If the wealthy think that they're untouchable and they can go about their lives, they don't help people. They don't. They give to charities and those charities take profits off the top and 10 cents goes to the actual cause. So if you donate to charities, you need to look into how much money you donate actually goes to the cause and not the corporate representatives who founded that company. So if we're not helping each other in these times, then we are part of the problem and we need to do our part to make a difference. Because again, I promise you, your governments are not going to do what is best for everyone, rich or poor. So the Lord God Almighty Abba Yah reminded me to include this in the sermon. Did you know, as the body of Yah, we were not to have governments, kings, or rulers over us. Up until the time of Samuel, we had priests, and we taught each other as Abba Yah, the Lord God Almighty, taught us to do. Then the remnant that worshipped Yah, or claimed to worship the Lord God Almighty, wanted to be like every other nation. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 8, 1 through 9. And it came to pass when Samuel was old, and he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abba, or Abbey, they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took brides and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the things displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of thy people, and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even until this day, where within they have forsaken me, they serve other gods, so do also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. So if you continue to read 1 Samuel chapter 8, you're going to learn that the king that reigns over the nation of Israel, which Israel is again, all who worship the true 
creator, Abba Yah, the Lord God Almighty, how these rulers are petty, how they're arrogant, how they're hateful, how they're greedy, and how they are just despicable rulers. And that has been carried on since the last remnant has asked for a king over them. And that is why the Lord God Almighty also disperses his people throughout the world and has allowed them to go into captivity and into slavery and into other types of bondage because we rebelled against not the government, but against the Lord God Almighty. And we still do so today unless you have been born again and rectified and brought back to him. Then you understand that the tyrants of this world is not the Lord God himself, but these governments and the principalities running them. So now back to Revelation. The next word we are going to look at is the word heard, and that is G191, and it means to hear, to give audience, um, to be reported, to understand. And the biblical outline of usage means to be endowed with the faculty of hearing, not deaf, to attend, to consider what is or has been said, to understand, perceive the sense of what is said, to hear something, to perceive by the ear what is announced in one's presence. Um, a thing comes to one's ear to find out and to learn, to give ear to a teaching or teacher, and to comprehend or understand. So again, back to our verse in Revelation. And it said in verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard, so John is saying he heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So again, he perceived, he heard, he, John, understood what is taking place. Because the next word we're going to look at is a voice. And a voice means an address for any purpose saying or language, noise or sound. And that is G5456. Uh, and it is also means through the idea of disclosure or a tone. So again, are you listening to, especially here in the United States, the new executive orders being sent forth and signed by Black Ink? Are you listening in your other nations about what policies and procedures, whether domestic and foreign, are being passed. Now is not the time to fall into a social amnesia sleep and not pay attention. You guys need to be awake now more than ever and take heed and comprehend of what the voice is saying throughout the world because it impacts everybody.
And the next word we look at is in the mist, and that is G3319, and it means among or before. Um, and this voice is, again, coming from among the four beasts, and it is the voice speaking about how to distribute things unequally upon the earth, because you have to understand all political policies, both foreign and domestic, impact every nation. So the next word we look at is measure, and measure is G5518, and it means a conix or certain dry measure, and the Lord God Almighty told me to look up conix, and that is spelled C-H-O-E-N-I-X, and it is a Greek word meaning a Greek dry measure mentioned by Homer, and originally the daily ration of a man, but varying from a quart to over a quart and a half. So, again, that is pertaining to the daily rations. Now, brothers and sisters, some of the world is on daily rations, some of the world is not, especially in your quote-unquote undeveloped countries, which it's 2021, and there should never have been an undeveloped country by now, but there still is, and it's very sad. So count yourself blessed if you do not have to ration food, but don't be all the U.S. has plenty because there are plenty of people here in the U.S., that are going hungry, who cannot make their bills, who are homeless or on the verge of eviction. So again, this third seal affects everybody worldwide. So the next word is wine, and it means figurative or literal wine, and it comes from the Hebrew origin H3196, and so we must look at what the Hebrew meaning is, and it means by implication, intoxication, effervescence, and the Lord God Almighty told me to look up effervescence, excuse me, and effervescence means to bubble, hiss, and foam as gas escapes, or to show liveliness or exhilaration. And the reason the word wine is important is because here in the United States, people cannot attend church services, eat in restaurants, or go to school, but the wine and liquor stores are considered essential services and have not been shut down. Wine is also a verb that describes the intoxication of people who are buying the government lies. While the government promises to promote peace and unity, they are formulating policies that are ripping more holes in the economy. Now that we know this horse brings about imbalance within the governments regarding food, commerce, and everyday living, let us now look at what is going on in the world. We're going to look at organizations that claim they are in place to combat world poverty and aid in humanitarian needs. 
Yet, as you will learn, they are not doing anything or enough to balance the scale close to equal. First, we're going to look at how COVID-19 changed the world. And this is an article by BBC News. In the United States, the proportion of people out of work hit a yearly total of 8.9%, according to the International Monetary Fund, signaling an end to a decade of job expansion. Millions of workers have also been put on government-supported job retention schemes as part of the of the economy, such as tourism and hospitality, have come to a near standstill. The number of new job opportunities is still very low in many countries. Job vacancies in Australia have returned to the same level of 2019, but they are lagging in France, Spain, the UK, and several other countries. Most countries are in a recession. If the economy is growing, that generally means more wealth and more jobs. It's measured by looking at the percentage change in gross domestic product or the value of goods and services produced typically over three months or a year. The IMF estimates that the global economy shrunk by 4.4% in 2020. The organization described the decline as the worst since the Great Depression of the 1930s. The only major economy to grow in 2020 was China. It registered a growth of 2.3%. The IMF is, however, predicting global growth of 5.2% in 2021, and that will be driven primarily by countries such as India and China, forecast to grow by 8. 8% and 8.2 respectively. Recovering in big services reliant economies that have been hit hard by the outbreak such as the UK or Italy is expected to be slow. The travel industry has been hit hard. The travel industry has been badly damaged with airline cutting flights and customers canceling business trips and holidays. New variants of the virus discovered only in recent months has forced many countries to introduce tighter travel restrictions. Data from the flight tracking service Flight Radar 24 shows that the number of flights globally took a huge hit in 2020 and is still a long way from recovery. Hospitality industry has taken a hard hit as well. The hospitality sector has been hit hard with millions of jobs and companies bankrupt. From our data from Transparent, an industry-leading intelligence company that covers over 35 million hotels and rental listings worldwide, has registered a fall in reservations in all the top travel destinations. COVID-19 Economic Impact, and this comes from FrontiersIn.org, and they state, in addition to the substantial burden on healthcare systems, COVID-19 has had major economic consequences for the affected countries. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused direct impacts on income due to premature deaths, 
workplace absenteeism, and reduction in productivity that has created a negative supply shock with manufacturing productive activity slowing down due to global supply chain disruptions and closures of factories. For example, in China, the production index in February declined by more than 54% from the preceding months. In addition to the impact on productive economic activities, consumers typically changed their spending behavior, mainly due to decreased income and household finances, as well as the fear and panic that accompany the epidemic. Service industries such as tourism, hospitality, and transportation have suffered significant losses due to reduction in travel. The International Airport Association projects a loss in airline revenue solely from passengers um, passenger carriage of up to $314 billion. Restaurants and bars, travel and transportation, entertainment and sensitive manufacturing are among the sectors in the United States that are the worst affected by the COVID-19 quarantine measures. The advanced seasonally adjusted insured unemployment rate in the U.S. has already reached a record level of 11% for the week ending April 11, 2020. Larger economic problems are associated with the current and potential future demand for oil translating the fluctuations in oil prices due to the reduced economic activities driven by the COVID-19 pandemic. Expected excess supply was also reasonable for significant price reductions. If lower than expected oil prices continue, many oil-dependent economies may contract following reduction in trade and investments. Shocks to the labor market will be severe, especially for countries dependent on migration. Globally, migrant workers make important contributions to the labor markets, addressing imbalances in both high- and low-skilled occupations. As international travel restrictions and quarantines are likely to remain for the foreseeable future as countries try to halt the spread of COVID-19, migration flows will be limited, hindering global economic growth and development. The World Trade Organization issued a press release in October 2020, and they state the following. The WTO now forecasts a 9.2% decline in the volume of world merchandise trade for 2020, followed by a 7.2% rise in 2021. These estimates are subject to an unusually high degree of uncertainty since they depend on the evolution of the pandemic and government responses to it. Strong trade performance in June and July have brought some signs of optimism for overall trade growth in 2020. Trade growth in COVID-19 related products was particularly strong in these months, showing trade ability to help governments obtain needed supplies. Conversely, the forecast for next year is more pessimistic than the previous estimates of a 21.3% growth, leaving merchandise trade well below its pre-pandemic trend in 2021. 
And so on the ministry website, there is a chart that shows projected numbers for this year of 2021, and they are well below what they were from 1990 through 2008. And remember, we hit the recession in 2008 and 9. So again, I urge you to look at these numbers and study this on your own. Let's continue. The World Trade Organization continues to say this. In contrast to trade, GDP fell more than expected in the first half of 2020, causing forecasts for the year to be downgraded. Consensus estimates now put the decline in world market weighted GDP in 2020 at negative 4.8% compared to negative 2.5 under the more optimistic scenario outlined in the WTO's April forecast. GDP growth is expected to pick up to 4.9% in 2021, but this is highly dependent on policy measures and on the severity of the disease. Ballooning public debt could also weigh on trade and GDP growth over the longer term. Although rich countries are unlikely to face sovereign debt crisis as the result of fiscal expansion, Poorer ones may find their increased debt burdens extremely onerous. Deficit spending could also influence trade balances, reducing national savings and swelling trade deficits in some countries. The incident of COVID-19 worldwide has fallen from its peak in the spring, but it remains stubbornly high in many areas. Trade has played a critical role in responding to the pandemic, allowing countries to secure access to vital food and medical supplies. Trade has also facilitated new ways of working during the crisis through the provision of trade, IT products, and services. One of the greatest risks for the global economy in the aftermath of the pandemic would be a descent into protectionism. International cooperation is essential as we move forward, and the WTO is the ideal forum to resolve any outstanding trade issues stemming from the crisis, states Deputy Director General Yi Zanhong. So there is a table, again, of merchandise trade volume in real GDP up until um, estimated per um, percentages again are estimates for 2020 and 21, but I urge you to really look at this information. For example, real GDP at market exchange rates for North America um, in 2020, they're at negative 4.4. In uh, 2019, they were at 2.1 positive, and in 2018, we're in a positive of 2.8. Now, South and Central America in 2019 was at a negative 0.2 and dropped to negative 7.5. But in 2016 and 15, they were also in the negative. So South America is struggling. Um, 
the imports for South and Central America fell drastically. In 2018, they were in the positive of 5.3%. In 2019, they fell to negative 2.1%. And in 2020, to negative 13.5%. So these countries are losing merchandise and imports. And that makes it hard for the economy to thrive. So again, I urge you to look at these um, graphs and charts and understand. Let us continue. If you are unaware what GDP means, GDP means gross domestic product. And it is a monetary measure of the market value of all the final goods and services produced in a specific time period. So the World Trade Organization continues to say this. Although the trade decline during the COVID-19 pandemic is similar in magnitude to the global financial crisis of 2008 and 9, the economic extent is very different. The contraction in GDP has been much stronger in the current recession, while the fall in trade has been more moderate. As a result, the volume of world merchandise trade is only expected to decline around twice as much as world GDP at market exchange rates, rather than six times as much during the 2009 collapse. This divergent performance of trade during the COVID-19 outbreak has much to do with the nature of the pandemic and the policies used to combat it. Lockdowns and travel restrictions impose significant supply-side constraints on national economies, drastically reducing output and employment in sectors that are usually resistant to business cycle fluctuations, particularly non-traded services. At the same time, Robust monetary and fiscal policies have propped up incomes, allowing consumption and imports to rebound once lockdowns were eased. Whether the recovery can be sustained over the medium term will depend on the strength of investment and employment. Both could be undermined if confidence is dented by new outbreaks of COVID-19, which might force governments to impose additional lockdowns. As a result, risks to the forecast are firmly on the downside. There is some limited upside potential if a vaccine or other medical treatment proves to be effective, but their impact would be less immediate. Next, we're going to look at world unemployment rates, and the country, and this is by country economy. And unemployment rate equals total unemployed or labor labor force. So unemployment or joblessness occurs when people are without jobs and they have actively sought work. Therefore, the unemployed in a country are those with age ability and desire to work, but do not have a job. The number of unemployed in a country usually was expressed in terms of the labor force, and it is called unemployment rate. The unemployment rate is a percentage, and it is calculated by dividing the number of unemployed people by all individuals currently 
in the labor force. So we're going to look at unemployment rates around the world. And again, there is a graph on the ministry website and a link to this graph. So this graph reads in the United States, unemployment rate as of December 2020 was at 6.7%. In Greece, the unemployment rate is at 16.7% as of October 2020. In Spain, the unemployment rate is 16.4%, and that was as of November 2020. Um, let's see... Let's see. Brazil has an unemployment rate of 14.3% as of October 2020. And Australia has an un unemployment rate of 7.5%. So, again, this chart is just half of the nations. Um, I did not post everything on the ministry website, but the link is provided and it is an interactive link that gives you more description and more insight to countries and what they are going through. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand what is happening is not happening just to us, but is occurring worldwide. So let's put some of these numbers into perspective. And again, since I live in the United States, I took the United States numbers. Unemployed in the United States, there are 10.74 million unemployed persons. In December 2020, the national unemployment level of the United States stood at about 10.74 million unemployed persons. And to get a perspective of that, the population of the U.S. as of 2020 is 331 million people. And again, I'm not sure if that, and I'm sure that may not include undocumented workers and so on and so forth. So we're not going to get into all of those numbers. But recorded population of the United States, again, 331 million people. Next, we're going to talk about homeless population. Again, this is going to be by state um, in the United States. And now that you know what the terms mean in Revelation 6, you are able to apply and look at your government policies and how they pertain to the seal and understand what Abba Yah is showing you. So again, in the United States, there are over half a million people experiencing homelessness. These individuals live in a temporary shelter or transitional housing or sleep in a place not meant for habitation, like an old abandoned building. Overall, 66.7% of the total homeless population of the United States is a single individual, with the remaining 33.3% being families. In recent years, homelessness increased nationally by almost 1%. This number is comprised of unaccompanied children and young adults, single adults experiencing chronic homelessness, and people experiencing unsheltered homelessness. Some populations have seen a decrease in homelessness, 
dramatic reductions are amongst families and the veteran communities. So again, this is Homeless Population by State 2021 World Population Review. And they took data and compiled it. And here are the 10 states with the most homeless people. Um, number one is California with 151,278 people. Now, I pay attention to the news, and there's been articles that have said, make the United States like California. Well, I'm sorry, I don't want to be homeless with their policies that only pertain to the rich and the bureaucratic and the tech giants and people out of touch with the rest of the United States. If California cannot get 151,278 people in a home, then they have no right telling the rest of the country how to act and live. New York is second on the list, and New York has a loud mouth and likes to tell people how to live, and they have 92,091 homeless people. The next state on the list is Florida with 28,328 people. Texas has 25,848. Washington with 21,577. Massachusetts has 18,471. Oregon, 15,876. Pennsylvania with 13,199. Georgia with 10,443, and Ohio at 10,345. And again, those are the 10 states out of 50 states with the most homeless people. So again, brothers and sisters, if you're listening to this podcast and listening to the sermon and you're thinking the United States just hasn't made. I'm sorry. That is a false ideology. And the image of the United States is this. We, the United States, not me, but the United States as a national image parades around like a bougie person. They flaunt what they wish they had. They parade around their jewels. They act all prim and proper to get you hook, line, and sinker. And then whenever you get over here or whenever you buy into the policies or whenever you, you know, purchase the lemon car because the salesman made it sound so good like you could not resist you find that it is flawed and that it is pretty much beyond repair because no one agrees on how to run anything. And the more Abaya shows me, the more I've understood that the entire world is Mystery Babylon and everybody is in a state of confusion. And it's not just the United States. But what I don't like is this, how the United States portrays itself to be the most powerful entity on this planet, and it can't even take care of its own citizens. And that is hypocrisy at its finest. 
Next, we're going to look at homelessness around the world from Yale Global. Based on national reports, it's estimated that no less than 150 million people, or about 2% of the world's population, are homeless. However, about 1.6 billion, more than 20% of the world's population, may lack adequate housing. So this means you may have a roof over your head, but that roof is leaking. You don't have grass growing outside because you have to live in a shanty in a one-room shack and you don't have running water, but you still have a roof over your head. That's not how a person is supposed to live. Let's continue. In many, in many cities, growing homelessness is straining resources for social workers and shelters. When officials try to open new facilities or provide services for the homeless, they encounter financial constraints as well as resistance from the public and private enterprises in many neighborhoods which consider homelessness burdensome and bad for business. So the measures they take to keep the homeless away on the move and out of sight include laws banning loitering, noise projection, panhandling, and public feeding are services for the homeless, panhandling or begging, restrictions on camping, sleeping in vehicles, or sitting or standing in public places, limits for can and bottle refunds, and stud spikes and alarms in the middle of benches. And yes, that is a thing. I have an article on the ministry website about how California does that to the homeless population by putting spikes in the middle of benches. Law enforcement officials and security personnel generally lack mandates or specialized training to address homelessness. The only resource is ordering people move on to another location. So again, our governments aren't even trying to help the homeless. Again, there's an article on the ministry and it made me cry when I read that about how California put spikes in their benches. People can't even sleep. They don't even have a home. But heaven forbid they sleep on a freaking bench. Like seriously. And then again, this is from Yale Global. They continue to state that public and private enterprise and many neighborhoods consider homelessness burdensome and bad for business. Well, how do you think that person who's on the street feels? They don't want to be on the street, but many people suffer from PTSD, depression, and anxiety and have given up. Or here in the pandemic, they've been forced out of their house because no law was ever passed that prohibits a landlord from raising rent in the midst of a pandemic or officially banning late fees or prohibiting anyone from being evicted. Brothers and sisters, my landlord, yes, he raised my rent $10. And that may not seem like enough, but we're in a pandemic. Not only did he raise the rent, he raised the late fee. I have literally until the 5th of the month 
to get $835 for a two-bedroom home that I am renting in Missouri paid for every month. After the fifth, he tax on $89 in late fees. So yes, I was late last month and I paid a total of $918 for January. Do you know how hard that was to come up with? When I worked at the hospital, it wasn't so bad. But I'm not going to jeopardize my health and the health of my loved ones because the hospital can't follow CDC guidelines like they were supposed to. So the governments and organizations in charge could handle things differently. However, economic turmoil isn't the result of just COVID-19, but the result of all our governments not doing what they say they will do. And that is providing us all with basic human needs. Organizations like the IMF, World Bank, and tech giants should be pulling their resources together rather than sitting and watching things fall apart. But they are greedy, and the bottom line is this. They don't care, and they never have. And this is why Abba Yah has to return and rid the world of its greed. If they cared, there would not be third world countries, or as they call it, now developing countries. While so-called superpowers are getting richer and letting the wealthy dictate how policies are formed, nobody is in real control. If there was a real handle on things, this pandemic would not have caused such a disaster and devastation. And this is how you know that the COVID-19 pandemic is of Abba Yah and is a a plague spoken of in Revelation, and there are many more plagues to come. Revelation 9.20 states, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hand, that they should not worship idols, and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone, and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. The Greek word for plague is G4127, and it literally means a public calamity, heavy affliction, or plague. As you can see, again, plague means public calamity. And that is exactly what this COVID-19 has caused, public calamity. So I asked a couple questions in Google. How much is the IMF worth? And the International Monetary Fund states that it is worth around one trillion U.S. dollars. I wanted to know how much the Vatican is worth because the unholy see or the unholy Roman Catholic Church government says it's around to eradicate poverty. But Banker's best guess about the Vatican's wealth puts it at $10 billion to $15 billion. How much is the Queen of England worth? She is worth about $88 billion. Bill Gates is worth about $100 billion. China is has a GDP of $14.4 trillion. The United States has assets in the amount of 225 trillion dollars 
And the United Arab Emirates is worth about $95.3 billion or $1.3 trillion in 2020. Um, there are approximately 200 or 2,825 billionaires in the world as of 2019, up 8.5% from 2,604 billionaires in 2018. So again, if the countries of the world would band together, if the billionaires and millionaires of the world would pull their money together, hunger, homelessness, and the basic needs of everyone could be met and sustainability for all would be achieved. But because of greed, hate, envy, and their own agenda, pulling resources together will never happen. And again, this is why Abba Yah must return. As we learned with the stroke of black ink, policies are made to further divide our lives. Companies are dictating how we think and should feel rather than helping us sustain our basic needs. And this is what the black horse is commissioned and granted to do, to remove our peace by causing economic destruction. The economies must fall as we have reached the point of no return for the third seal is open. Keep in mind, we will see new structure taking place in the world, one tailored to a new world government order, and this will occur for a short time as the new world order will cause more destruction and chaos and a wire gap between the rich and poor. Those who do not get on board will be cast out and possibly even destroyed for their beliefs. This change will become more apparent in the next few years as we are seeing these changes being slowly but forcefully implemented now. You must remember that the beast has a short time before Yahushua HaMashiach actually comes back and sets up his government. But these world governments have to fall, and so this is what we are witnessing. As always, it's never goodbye, but I'll see you later.